Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why am I with Seabus Super? Because I'm a builder and they take care of me. Well, I had an accident on the work site and they helped me out, no worries. Yeah, they helped me out real fast. Mate, they just get me. Because they are for all of us. Seabus, for all of us. To consider if Seabus is right for you, visit seabussuper.com.au for a copy of the PDS. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself And there's some stories I can tell you I had to fail, had to fall just for what I did This is the final word, World Cup Daily Day 10 Fireworks. It's a metric number. Uh, it's not out of a total round number of World Cup days. Anyway, it's brought to you by Super Super, the industry super fund that does good things with industry super. It is the 10th day of the World Cup. We've had two games today. That's why this is coming to you late, because we had a night game and we had to see that off. Uh, and we got slightly out of whack with our schedule because we thought we'd give ourselves that because we've been pretty punctual so far. Mm. It's day 10. England played Bangladesh down in Cardiff? Cardiff, yes. Wales. This is England. Wales. This is England. And Wales, the English Cricket Board, the England and Wales Cricket Board, whose uh, acronym is ECB. Hmm, funny about that. Anyway, uh, also New Zealand played Afghanistan. But we're going to get to England-Bangladesh first. Adam Collins is with me. I'm Jeff Lemon. And Adam is going to give us the 30-second wrap. We're just going to try. England got sent in, remarkably. They needed to make a statement. They did. They made 386 for six, which broke a heap of records along the way. Jason Roy, 153 off 121. Dominant performance. He had plenty of support from Johnny Bairstow. Then Josh Butler made 64 in about 10 minutes, hit two balls into the river. A massive uh, a massive uh, performance from England with the blade. They smashed it. Shed load of runs at the end. Bangladesh, 280, all out in the second last over. The usual suspects. Joffrey Archer, 3 for 30. Brilliant. There you go. You got in. 28. I, but I just miss so much with this thing. I, I think I get so invested at the start yeah. that I that I that I and then the arse falls out at the end. Yeah, you go but, you go long at the start and then short at the end. But a bit like Bangladesh. You know? Yeah, well, yeah, it is. And I'm, I forgot altogether that Shakib Al Hassan made his eighth one day international yeah, hundred today. Bang on, and very nearly got his six thousandth thousandth. ODI run. I was tracking that. If he got to 144, he was going to get 6,000. But he fell painfully short on 121, I think he ended up making. Won't be long. Considering he's got 350s on the spin wall. Sorry, 350... Scores above fifty on the bounce in his tournament. He's a leading run scorer yeah. in the competition now. That that's uh, that's, con- that's significant considering that when you think of Shakib Al Hassan, you probably think of him still as a spinner first. Which who bats? Who bats? Usefully. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. In but the he's test number side, three. He's a first drop at the moment. He is in the test side. He's often about six or seven, and and obviously in this World Cup, he's doing a, a different sort of job, but doing it brilliantly. And even that was in the losing side today. Uh, um, hats off to him for um, playing the sort of innings which gave them a chance to not necessarily win, but put in a respectable performance and not destroy the net run rate. Yeah, I, I see. I, I was a little bit um, foot in both camps on that because I thought basically they gave up pretty close to the start and said, well, we're not going to chase 380. We just need to bat through the overs and try to make 300 and keep that net run rate. They rely on other sides to lose to England worse than we're going to lose yeah, to England. Yeah, but this comes back to our conversation yesterday about net run rate. And I did ask someone uh, when doing the Guardian's live coverage today about, about this. The reason why you need to bat to the death in these situations is that if you bowled out in 40 overs, the net run rate assumes you've batted 50. If you're bowled out, they just take it as a given that you've batted your full complement of overs. So right. even though Bangladesh were ultimately bowled out today, mm. it doesn't damage them, so they got to 48.5 right. overs. So, so the that's, of wickets doesn't matter. It, it, yeah, it's more about the... Yes, that's right. It's not about wickets lost. It's about the... Right. About the about the and I'm sure I was getting one of the inputs wrong here, but the guts of it is is that that they saw it all the way through till the 49th over isn't for nothing in the grand sweep of things. Yeah, so if you go at 12 and over for 10 overs and chase the small chase, it assumes you went at 12 and over for 50 overs. Or if you look at it a different way, if you've got a hundred run chase and you lose eight wickets on the way, but you got 12 and over, doesn't matter. It's it's better than going naught down, uh, having done it in in 15 overs. Yeah, which doesn't really check out. Like if you've got a side that's lost no wickets versus a side that's lost 100 wickets you know, in, in their, their 10 games or 90 in their, their games coming through and yet they still have a better net run rate. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope we've got it vaguely right here. Otherwise, it's going to be, it's gonna be ra- funny. rather embarrassing if oh, we've got we, completely wrong. Out. Look, we've freely admitted that the one thing we've never been able to understand is net run rate. <laughs> well, that and Duckworth-Lewis. You just get a sheet and it tells you what it is and you believe it. You yeah. know? Andy Zaltzman could be fixing the whole World Cup. You just go, <laughs> oh, your net run rate's 8.4 and yours is, sorry, yours is 4.2 and you'd believe him. You know, who's going to figure it out um, but that was really all that Bangladesh could do after Archer's opening spell because he was ferocious so they're yeah. chasing 380 if you're chasing that you've got to come out and get about 100 off the first 10 and just really get out of the blocks with the blinder and instead they faced ferocious fast bowling a lot of bounces uh, a lot of ba- deliveries they couldn't lay bat on dot balls maidens the works and and then wickets came into it as well and after his first spell basically there was no way of clawing back from there yeah i look at someone like tammy mcball who's played against uh, the best bowlers in the world over the last 10 years he's still i'd say he'd be 30 or 31 years old now so still you know at the peak of his powers middle of his career and he was done for pace uh, and you know subia sark has another man who's been playing for a very long time um archibald today I, I saw a stat flash up on the on the sky sports coverage he today bowled quicker on average than any bowler has in a single ODI for England ever. Yeah, so, I mean, they've, since they've had records. Well, si- yeah, since yeah. The 06 or whatever it is when they when they formally kept speeds, which I mean that's that's a that's a crazy stat. No one's ever had a more consistently fast day than than Jofra Archer today, according to reports. We went down at Cardiff. We were in London preparing for Australia India, but the coverage suggested that it was blowing an absolute gale um, towards the the River Taff end. That's my second mention of the river. There'll be ten by the time we're done today, mm-hmm. um, but um, so that helps. But and, and those that had to run into it were bowling far slower, fair to say. But um, but still, it says a bit about his action yep. um, that he can generate such incredible pace. And we've said it before; it's almost cliched to make the point that he doesn't even look like he's bending his back. Yeah. It's 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 an incredibly efficient approach. Well, he hit delivery. he hit ninety five miles an hour at one point, which is he did it the first over. Yeah, oh, it's crazy. 
And I, th- when, I mean, think about, you- think about. I mean, this is a point that Vitushin Ahantaraja, our friend and colleague, makes all the time. He's more dangerous with the red ball. Wait till August one at Edge Baston. This is going to be, mm. this is going to be really. I mean, this is exciting as it is, but him playing Test cricket later on this summer is going to be crazy. As you will have seen, I'm sure if you've been on the internet, when he bowled Sarko, the ball clipped the top of off stump and then carried the boundary rope behind the wicketkeeper on the full. Had that been a bat, it would have been a six. Um, you can't. I've learned today you can't get sixes uh, as extras. So if it bounces over the rope off your helmet on the full, for instance, it's four leg bars. Really? Yeah, which seems seems rigged to me. Cricket's a weird sport with a lot of funny rules. It should you should be able should to, be able to get six. You should be able to get six. Of, or, well, no, thinking, how would it work? No ball, front foot, no ball. I'm thinking front hits foot, no the top ball. of the stumps. It should be seven no balls because it's carried the stumps, it's carried I, the boundary on the full. I agree. So you, what you're saying is, if It'd that were to five. occur, a, a, it would be five. Five no balls, or or one no ball and five. One no Ball and five buys, or yeah, whatever it might yeah, that's be. what it would be. Yeah, fascinating. I, I want seven no balls. Why can't we have seven no balls? How stitched up would you be for the wicketkeeper in that scenario yeah. where the balls hit the stumps, the ball has gone over the keeper's head by as far <laughs> as the bail did today, um, and yet you have it credited in your column, right? Rough. It's not right. It's not right at Rough. all. Keep uh, I, I, we haven't really mentioned Jason Roy yet, and I feel guilty about that because bloody hell, yeah. this guy. I mean, that's his ninth one day hundred. He's six in the last I don't know five minutes. Um, one hundred and twenty one balls. Uh, the the stroke play was outrageous. He was out in like the thirty fifth over or something. He could have made two hundred and fifty today. Mm. That's not a bit exaggerating it. He could have gone on and made and broke the world record. Yep. Um, you know, he could have smashed it. Well, maybe not smashed it because I think it's two hundred and sixty eight. But he could have given it a red hot tilt uh, had he decided to bat 350 overs but that's just not his way he uh, he goes hard and then he gets out and then someone else comes in usually Joss Butler and, and then they go and do the same. Well what we saw today was the perfect England innings in terms of the blueprint they'd laid out for themselves in the last few years and before the World Cup which was Roy and Bairstow come in and put on a massive opening partnership in very quick time they're happy to give their wickets away trying to keep up that pace. Bairstow made 50 and then got out yep. Roy goes on to the big 100 and gets out uh, Morgan and Butler come in and keep the speed going through the middle. They fall towards the end. And even when a couple of wickets fell, Stokes out cheaply and so on, they've got the lower order with the clouting because uh, Plunkett and Wokes came in and absolutely devastated the last three overs. They yeah. got about 50 off the last three I overs. I think it's 54 or 17 balls. And this is from... Plunkett, who made 27 off 9, and, and Wokes 18 off 8. Both accomplished batsmen at first-class level. Both have made professional centuries. But, I mean, you're not expecting them to do a Joss Butler. I mean, Butler was out in the 45th over, and he only faced 44 balls. Imagine yeah. Joss had a batted through to the 50th himself. He might have, have taken Jason Roy. Well, that's, that's, that's the thing. And, and they were they were just past 300 when he got out, uh, yeah, I think. Yeah. And, and then the tail comes in and gets them to nearly 400. So This is why we talked them up, though. I mean, yeah. I've watched them play a lot of 50-over cricket in the last four years. And this is why, because I've seen this happen, versions of of this so many times that you can't help but be transfixed by it when it's occurring. But it was the first of their three games so far where it's actually worked, where, yes. the, where their plan A has actually worked as expected and basically that puts the other side almost out of the game before it starts unless they get off to a flyer, which they didn't do because of Archer, and basically from then it was a matter of time. It was Shakib saying, well, I'm just going to bat through the innings and get a runnable 100 and make sure that we see it through to the end, and then that's pretty much how the match planned out. A word for Liam Plunkett's one for 36 off eight. It's not going to stand out in the scorebook, but I, I mention it because he, he, it, it's hard yakka being maybe the spare bowler in any side. He was dropped for the second fixture, came back in today for Moen Alley, which was controversial. He had a bad first over, two legs sidewise and looks ropey. 
and he fought back and, and reinforced why between the power plays, like a box-to-box box to box midfielder in, in football speak, he, he's still got a role to play and he can drive the run rate and he has lots of variation and I just really like him an awful lot. And with the batting as well. I mean, he, he yeah. genuinely looks like a tree that has come out to bat. <laughs> he's just a <an laughs> physically enormous human being, especially when he's walking past a Bangladeshi uh, batsman. But when he was out there with the bat himself, it was it was just... Swing away, and uh, he did it beautifully. But we should get to the other game. We we're should gonna run out of time. No, no, that's fine. I'm happy to. I'm happy to segue. So, that, Jeff, it'll it'll be you moving on to Taunton, where Afghanistan played New Zealand. Thirty seconds go. In thirty seconds, Afghanistan did the thing Afghanistan do, which is they come out batting and say, "We are going to try to score as quickly as possible for possibly a not very long time, but we're going to enjoy it while we do it." They were bowled out for 172 in the 42nd over in the way that they usually do. Hashmatullah Shahidi made 59 and batted like it was a test match and it was glorious after some early wickets went down and then New Zealand chased it with no muss, no fuss. Kane Williamson, 79 not out, got them there by seven wickets. Hazratullah Zaizai went bananas at the start. I caught some of the highlights before. 34 off 28 but it was perhaps the, the way he went about it. I know you've been following him for a while now Jeff and it, it, it's glimpses and there was a lovely piece that Tim Wigmore wrote today in the Telegraph which talked about his origin story which uh, revolves around tape ball cricket and that's the reason why he hits all the way through the leg side because the tape ball sits up and lets you whack it over cow corner and that's the way he batted today it's a joy when it comes off I hope one day he's there for 30 or 40 overs it could be another giant score yeah well we've seen him do it in T20 internationals 162 not out his highest T20 score Um, his strike rate in T20s at the moment is 193 for Afghanistan cop that (laughs) Maxi see you later Joss (laughs) yeah or Dre Russ leaving him in the dust have a crack he's a he's a just a much more sedate 98 in one day international cricket but yeah I think the sort of 34 of 28 is almost the peak Hasratullah Zazai score it's like the I think uh, not to mention Jerry Kimber too often you know because we don't want to give him too much airtime. but he had a theory that Mornay Morkel would always take three for 80 he's like that's he just has a, a median and that's where he settles um, and Hasratullah I reckon is a 34 of 28 in almost any game that he plays but yeah after that quick start the wickets went down quickly almost everybody else made single figures and it was left to Hashimatullah to say well I've just got to bat it through and he did it gloriously he faced 99 balls for his 59 hit a few boundaries but there was a lot of blocking he was facing a lot of uh, quick bowling from New Zealand but that's not who did the damage it was the medium pace of Jimmy Nation. Jimmy Nation, I was going to say with that uh, with that lengthy innings you mentioned. I think yesterday was the 40th anniversary of when uh, Sunil Gavaskar decided to bat for about four hours for 30 on in a World Cup final. So there's some synergy there. But no, uh, Jimmy Nation, who we had on the feature show last week and we had a lovely conversation with him some great feedback he took five for 31 off his 10 overs including a maiden um i didn't see it because i was uh, i was very closely following the england game at the time but you <laughs> and i was enjoying your commentary as wicket fell after wicket and uh, uh we, we couldn't be happier for him well done jimmy yeah well particularly that he bowled at really attacking lengths he's not as quick as the other guys in that squad but he was he used the short ball well he bowled the bouncer well um and pretty much all of his wickets came from hanging back of a length and then decking away a bit using the angle cleverly and and just attacked the Afghan batsman and they weren't really able to handle it he got three wickets caught behind I mean the first one was it was a slap to deep cover caught in the deep but then um, three caught behind from batsman fencing at the ball and it was just really great um, 
all-rounder bowling coming in and doing that seam-up job. We talked about pace at the start of the show, but Lockie Ferguson, another uh, bowler who's vying for the tag, is the, the fastest bowler in all the, all the land at the moment. He took four for 37. He hit heads, he hit stumps, he did what he does best. And, um, and, uh, and uh, yeah, really, we're, we're seeing a New Zealand bowling attack which has the ability to take 10 wickets each time. And it doesn't matter that they don't look to have the best batting lineup on paper if their bowlers keep doing the job like this. And shout-out to Aftab Alam, the Afghan bowler who came into this 11. He got Marty Guptal out with the first ball of the run chase, mm. uh, inside edge onto the pad that popped up. Then he knocked off Colin Munro as well for 22. So he got rid of New Zealand's very dangerous opening pair who destroyed Sri Lanka between them. He got rid of both of them for 22 runs. Um, and then he came back later in the innings to get rid of Ross Taylor as well with a ball that dipped under his bat and bowled him so it was a good bit of fight from Aftab Alam who also threw the bat at the end of the Afghan innings and scored a couple of very entertaining boundaries. Ross Taylor made 48. Kane Williamson was unbeaten on 79 from 99 balls which again that might be the quintessential Kane Williamson innings as well when you think about the way he so steadily accumulates runs when they're chasing a small total so they've done it easy in the end. They've knocked off the 173 they required in 32.1 overs so back to that net run rate factor they must be I haven't seen the table tonight, but they'll be on top of the table for three wins, but their net run rate will be, without a doubt, the best in the comp as well. And I think we can safely say our player of the day for that match would be James Neesham. Very much James Neesham. And our player of the day for the other match would probably be Jofra Archer. I don't James think you disagree. Well. <laughs> it's James Neesham in both. He <laughs> Jimmy, was the best in England, Jimmy's Bangladesh, in Cardiff. <laughs> no, I think I think the player of the day has to, like Jason Roy's innings was something else. It was out of the box. So uh, we'll, we'll, I think Roy and Archer. But I think on the basis, though, that um, Archer was so exciting at the start, he but, two of his wickets were when the game was we over. We sort of decide player of the day doesn't have to be the, the best in the, the match. Best, yeah. It's just who was the most interesting, compelling. the most compelling. And that yeah. was that for me was Archer because no, no, right. a Jason Roy 100 is much like any other Jason Roy 100. Yeah, and there's going to be more of those during the tournament. And there's going to be more in the Ashes summer as well. Jason Roy is an absolute lock for the first test. Interesting. Uh, Hall of Fame for today. We have options on the Hall of Fame today. Mm-hmm. I want to give one nomination, which I neglected to do two days ago, but thankfully it's come up again. For the fourth time in the World Cup in 10 days, the stumps have been hit and the zing bales have not dislodged. This is Royal Commission stuff, Jeff. Yeah, this, there is going to have to be a parliamentary inquiry. Senate estimates will be onto it. Yes, John Faulkner and Robert Ray will run the <laughs> run the inquiry because they'll get out, out of retirement. Robert Ray's—they're both massive cricket fans. They're, they're you can't—I I don't know—I don't know if the people running cricket are aware of this, but you can't be going around in a cricket match, running in the bowl. Hitting the old stumps and the bales just don't come off. That can't be happening. That can't be. That's one of those things that you might see on a on a sort of nineteen nineties Channel Nine compilation of wacky moments in cricket. Because sure. it'll be the one time that this happened in living memory in a test match with wooden bales. We've had it four times in ten days of cricket. And the one today was perhaps the most pronounced example because the ball it wasn't egregious yeah because often you often you'll see them nick the, the i mean it's, it's not uncommon to see one like the mitchell stark one the other day when it just kisses the side of the stumps mm-hmm. but this today which i've been thrown out of cricket grounds for doing you know <laughs> and i do not understand why there is this prejudice uh, but on this occasion ben stokes was bowling i think it might have been to mahedi Hassan, probably was i think it was uh uh, actually, it was Mossadegh. Mossadegh was batting at the time. Anyway, that's not important. The, the important thing is is that the ball bounced and then crashed into leg stump and the bow didn't come off. Yeah. Now, I mean, it wasn't going at a particular force because it had already made the drop from his shoulder from the fouled hook shot. But, I mean, 
I think they're going to have to make a change to this, aren't they? I don't think they can afford this to happen in a World Cup. Well, final. it was bouncing backwards at pace. I think it hit his off stump, but it hit oh, it, right. it hit just under halfway up and it hit full flush and bounced back towards the batsman. So it hit hard enough. I think basically if the ball hits high on the stump, then there's more movement from the stump and the bail comes off. But if it hits b- below halfway, the fulcrum, th- there isn't so much movement and the bail doesn't dislodge. You, you, this is... This is physics, Adam. You know. No, this no. Is, but I'm, 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 I'm but, what I'm groaning at, what I'm wincing at, is the idea that the stump could just because the stump's being hit lower, that it yeah. would have an effect on this. I but, mean, well, it shouldn't. I mean, the, the vibration should be enough to dislodge a bale. If you bowl someone, you've bowled someone. Uh, it, it's not. It, it's not okay. The only the counter argument though is that more wickets fall in uh, one day cricket with the zing bales because all of the close runouts go in favour of the fielding team rather than in favour of the batsman. Because yeah. in the old school, on a replay, you have to see the bale come all the way up out of the groove. In the new school, you just have to see it light up. So there are plenty of close runouts where the batsman would have been not out in 1990, but. They're out today. I think the ICC are going to have to have a look at it anyway. I don't think it's sustainable to for this to occur in, a, in, an, in an elimination game or worse, still a final. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see some action on that. So that that's definitely one nomination. Another nomination, Jason Roy um, running, uh, shirt fronting, shall we say, the, the, Joel, the Wilson. Joel Wilson, the umpire Joel Wilson uh, upon, was it making his 100? Yeah, or was so, it, yeah, so was... the, the ball popped up in the air for the 100 and Roy was watching the ball as he ran down the pitch and Joel Wilson was watching the ball as well to see if it would be caught and uh, Jason Roy just ran straight through the umpire, knocked him onto the ground. He hit his head on the ground and had to get um, medical attention at the break as well. So it wasn't great, but it was, you know, it's still funny when injury happens to other people. Yeah, speaking of medical attention, this is not funny. This is not a nomination, but I have to mention it. David Warner batting in the nets today hit a net bowler yeah. in the head who had to be taken to hospital. It turns out the net bowler in question, the young lad was laughing in the ambulance and no big deal and it's all under control, but has to has, it can't go unremarked upon that they stopped training for 20 minutes for that yeah. and it was the dominant question of Aaron Finch when he started his media conference and I wanted to nominate Aaron Finch because a question he got later on about Stephen Smith and David Warner about how you know how they're going the usual kind of generic press conference question when Aaron Finch stands up at the moment and he went out to say that Steve Smith is the best batsman in the world and mm-hmm. I thought to myself RIP your Twitter mentions bro yeah. <laughs> that the minute that the, uh, the the Coley super fans see that you have said that Smith is a better player than Coley you are going to have a rugged time Ooh. on the Twitter machine just mute everything yes mute everything Everything. Block early, block often. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, sorry, Aaron. That's some things are inevitable. I, I, a nomination for me actually also comes from Aftab Alam, the Afghan bowler, okay. when he was batting. Um, he was facing a, a few quick New Zealand seamers. So Kane Williamson popped in a third man. And then popped in a second third man because he knows that Aftab Alam likes to go a cross batted swish and gets a lot of top edges. He likes to party. Next ball, Aftab Alam cross batted swish, top edge, which goes to an even finer third man for four <laughs> over the wicketkeeper at about first slip. It was just a beautiful moment. We have seen that with New Zealand before when we were there covering Brendan McCullum's 54 ball test century when. It was Australia's captain, Stephen Smith, had, had three third men in place as he hacked and crashed his way towards yep. the fastest test ton of all time. So, not without precedent, but I always I, like it seeing a couple of third men. I, I like that. Uh, I like that he evaded it though, and you know, coming coming from the lower order of the Afghan side was was a beautiful moment for me. So, who gets who's in the um, ball? Well, maybe maybe bails on the basis that there was another bail moment. That is the bail that went for six plus the bails didn't fall off. Like you know, yeah. maybe just the zing bails. Uh, you know, in general, I'm not saying there. Are a good thing, but maybe they're noteworthy enough to make the Hall of Fame. And as I think, I think it was Tom Evans who wrote on Twitter, it's the funniest bit is going to be when a ball hits the bales, the bales don't dislodge, but it carries the boundary for six anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough. That gets over the line. 
we have gone long because there have been two games, but we're still going to do part two in just a second. Now, quick word about our sponsors, Jeff. Have you ever thought about your dream retirement? I have literally never thought about any kind of retirement. <laughs> well, are you keeping an eye on your super? Are you confident you're with the fund that has your best interest at heart? If I'm completely honest, I don't think I even know what fund I'm with or if I have super. <laughs> okay, well, this is very important information for you. Did you know that CBUS is an award-winning industry super fund run to benefit members rather than profit shareholders? So, for example, this year, CBUS won the CanStar Most Satisfied Customers Superfund Award. That does sound like a deeply satisfying experience. <laughs> well, they've put their members' interests first for 34 years, and it shows. Their My Super option has returned an average of 9.29% over that time. That actually does sound like something I should investigate. <laughs> so consider CBUS today. Visit cbussuper.com.au. And remember that past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. <laughs> You've always wanted to do that. <laughs> this is the final word, day 10 of the World Cup Daily. It does not stop because day 11 is about to come up and it's going to be a big one. Australia, India at the Oval. We're in London, Adam. You and I, we're ready, we're primed, we're pumped, we're um, eating high fibre breakfast cereals and juices with green vegetables in them and just getting ourselves in perfect physical condition to take it on. I had six curries and two loaves of naan for dinner, so not so much me. All the same, I agree with you. You brought a point that tomorrow is a huge game. They don't get any bigger, really, in modern cricket, do they, than Australia and India. I wrote earlier today, it's kind of a proxy for who rules cricket, Australia or India, although, of course, we know that our Indian overlords run cricket and Australia has nothing to do with it. But um, tomorrow, at least, the Australians on the field will have that chance. I think they're getting India at a really good time. The fact that they've only played one game in the tournament... are a little bit rusty at Southampton last week. Australia are um, feeling pretty good after winning ugly themselves a couple of days ago. Of course, they got over the line in the one-day series. They're bringing back to that side Smith, Warner, Stark, Cummins. Like, mm. it, does, it does shape up like a, a good time for them to be getting India before they've suffered any losses or, yeah. or, or picked up any damage along the way. Uh, yeah, I don't think that you can read too much into the series in India just because India were very much in World Cup prep mode. They had yeah. Tony wasn't playing. They had some fill-in players in spots. They changed players a lot. Rishabh popped in and, and they've had about six different guys at number four in five matches and somehow and you know the bowling attack was being chopped around. They were they were in practice mode for that, even though it helped Australia get back onto the winning trail. So I think yeah, Australia's in decent touch, but the top order is still the question for me. And if India's quicks are on their game, then they could make life very difficult. Rohit Sharma did the presser for India today and he was asked about Usman Khawaja's trouble with the short ball and he pretty much said, yeah, yeah, we'll bump him out. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, he, he said it in more diplomatic language than that, but the, 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 uh, the message was clear to the listener. They're going to have a crack tomorrow with Bumrah and Shami will play. Surely Shami will play tomorrow. I mean, whether it's at the expense of Bovi or maybe Kuldeep, they're not going to leave off the guy who has the best bouncer in India in a game that follows the one where Australia's top order were bounced out. It, it yeah. seems logical to me that Shami will get a chance. Although, on the Oval, I mean, we saw the pitch at the Oval was pretty slow in the first couple of games played there and will that you know Archer was able to get pace but basically no one else everyone else had to bowl slower balls and cutters that's true but it's a freshie tomorrow and it's been under covers for the bulk of three days now because I mean it wasn't raining 
properly today, but for whatever reason, I was watching it under covers most of the, the afternoon where I was sitting. So there, there should be a little bit of extra juice in it compared to normal. So I, I expect they'll go in with three quicks. Who's going to be the undercover agent? England have a bit of a break. They've got six days off until they take on the West Indies Friday next week. That's a good game. Yeah, it is That's a, a really game. good game. That's probably the game of the week next week. And a six-day break as well. Well, yep. the Windies have a game in the interim on Monday. They get uh, to eliminate South Africa on Monday. Yeah, they do. That one should be interesting at Southampton. Bangladesh have only a couple of days until they tackle Sri Lanka. They need to make sure they bank that win and hope it doesn't get rained off in Bristol as the Pakistan-Sri Lanka game was rained off. Mm. New Zealand take on India next week on Thursday at Trent Bridge, the small ground there. I think so we're there, aren't we? We are there. That'll be another mm. interesting one. And Afghanistan will be tending to their wounds a bit, but they've got a bit of a break. They've got almost a week off as well. They kind of do have a week off because they're not playing until next Saturday when they play South Africa. So they Funny can... how they always play on the ga- on the days when other teams are playing. Yeah. Funny how they always seem to position Afghanistan on off Broadway days. on double-header day. You know mm, what? They're playing the curious. Saturday after that and the Saturday after that. Double-header games that are night games that are in the middle of the night in India. Yeah, funny that. Mm. So making sure that Afghanistan don't get to be the shop window at a World Cup. Gee, I, 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 I'm, I, I knock me down with a feather. Yeah, I'm, I'm stunned as well. Mm. Good place to end part two of the Final Word World Cup Daily. This has been Day 10. Adam Collins, thank you for your company. Ta-da. Me, I'm Jeff Lemon. Thank you for my company. That's all right. Nice to be here. Good to be with you. Check out the Jimmy Nation interview on the Longer Weekly podcast, which is also on the feed. You can subscribe, like, leave ratings, reviews, do all those things that people like to do. And thanks again to CBUS Super, the industry super fund, hitting your retirement for six. Visit cbassuper.com.au. Dot au. Thanks for being with us on the final word. Bye. Protect the brother by ain't fenced in my future questions, my current senses. That'd be the same we've been doing for centuries. Sorry if I ran out to empty wrote this, so you know what I meant here. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. Hundreds of thousands of us are building a future we can all be proud of. For over 34 years, the growth CBUS My Super option has returned an average of 9.29% per annum for its members while investing in projects that not only create jobs, but something better. CBUS for all of us. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance.